1: What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. What you are hearing now is the new Patreon format starting 2020. As of this Thursday, the Patreon is going to look completely different, folks. And I appreciate all of the patrons throughout the years and currently right now that are still subscribed to the brand. The episode that you're going to hear after Alan and I took the chance to record together. On Thursday, we ran through the NFL season, biggest takeaways, disappointments, surprises, MVP picks, rookie of the year stuff, and everything in between. But the format to the Patreon has changed, guys, and I want to explain to you guys what this new format is going to be starting as soon as you hear this announcement. I am adding some new tiers. I am changing some new tiers. And I think I've done my due diligence. I have done my homework. I interact with the patrons in the Discord. That's why it's important if you guys are a member of the Discord to be active, right? You're paying for a service. You are in there. You are talking with the rest of the legends in there. Legends with the most respect, folks, because I am the number one legend, uh, good and bad. And uh, as of last weekend, a lot of bad. Thanks a lot, Saints. But let me just run through the tiers here quick, guys, because I want you guys to know where you're going to be getting. So a lot of people's complaints about the original Patreon uh, after the show went through its makeover was that, yo, lamb, all you're talking about is betting. All you're talking about is DFS. And I love the show. I still listen, but I I don't do either of those. And I feel you. So the new tier. Announced the Legends tier for one dollar. Yes, you heard that correctly. One American dollar, a hundred cents, a hundred pennies. You get every exclusive episode and mini series, whether it's D Generation Bets, whether it's Player Profile, whether it's anything, any pre releases. Right? Say, I've recorded an episode that's gonna, you know, this for example would have been a pre release because alan and i recorded this on thursday together in person so this would be a pre-release right that would have been up already on the patreon there are some stuff that i've scheduled or that i have already recorded that i'll be firing up as soon as you guys hear this stuff also so for one dollar a month every exclusive episode of miniseries and all potential pre-recorded series and episodes rookie contract five dollars a month this tier exists now everything in the legends tier which is getting every episode of miniseries and you join the discord server you get to chat with the rest of the vm legends on a daily basis and that discord gets popping and i'm gonna do my best to be a lot more interactive there maybe do q and a's oftentimes throughout half times of certain games and whatnot because i am on my phone because that's just how it is in 2020 you gotta make moves so Rookie contract, you get everything in the Legends tier, which is all the exclusive episodes, and then you get the Discord server. The veterans minimum tier, the $10 tier. I got to say, guys, it's our most popular tier. The most patrons that we have is in this $10 tier, and you'll understand why when you see what's in this tier. So you get everything in the Legends and rookie contracts. Entrance to monthly contests for chances to win prizes such as merch, money, money podcast segment props etc right shout out to our guy rune he won the vm skateboard for the december contest john Luca martini he won the pick'em pool 300 american dollars i say that because my guy is from toronto he also won the podcast segment where i had him on an episode where we were kind of shooting the shit about the nba so that's what you could get with the $10 tier, you get to compete in all these monthly contests and it's super cool. They're super fun. I participate in it. Some of the VM OGs put some shit together in there too. And also you get people's podcast questions where your question is going to be answered on a monthly people's podcast episode, which the people's podcast episode is going to fall into that criteria of the Legends tier where that's going to be pre-recorded and you guys, the patrons, will get it way before everyone else does. So that's what you get in... The VM tier for $10, our most popular tier. Okay. Franchise tag, the $20 tier, which still exists. You get everything in Legends, Rookie Contract, Veterans Minimum tiers. You get 20% off merchandise from the shop or via me on social media. What that means is a lot of you guys that have bought those denim hats or the crew necks or the, the black VM shirts, those you message me directly. I give you the Venmo, I give you the PayPal, I get your address, we shoot the shit for a little bit, and then I send you guys out some stuff. Some of you guys have done this already. My girl Ashley, Tyler, Rune again, my guy Joseph, Nick Chavez, Cole Brown, Brittany Blum, Tammy, uh, just to name a few, um, Noah, you guys have DM'd me. And I saw these shits out my crib, folks. Um, I got a P.O. box, and I send it out like that. Brittany Blum, shout out to her. She's bought some stuff too. So you get 20% off that purchase. And also, um, a website is being put together where there's going to be a shop on the website, which you guys would be giving. You guys would be getting promo codes every month. And it'll be exclusively to those in the franchise tag as well, as well, as you guys getting put in the role credits. Every episode and the show, we read every patron's name, every single episode, no matter what the episode is. Is it a Patreon exclusive? It is a, It is a bonus episode. Is it a Monday or Thursday episode? You're getting roll credits. So, for example, this episode, right? Daniel Gibson, Derek Pliates, my girl KJH, Corey Johnson Hoops, Beau Clore, Ryan Pisner, Bills Mafia. I know you're sad, but you got to love it. Christopher Velasquez, Nick Chavez, and Chuck Page. Those two individuals are in the Supermax tier, which we will get to in a little bit. Something along those lines will be the role credits at the end of every episode, right? Also, we'll be putting up a poll. Made exclusively to the members of this tier and the Patreon where you guys are going to be picking. We're calling this one producer swag where you pick a segment for us to discuss on an episode. So look, Alan and I or my guests and I are going to put a poll up for what the three, four, five, six, whatever topics there are. And that's going to be producer swag where you guys are going to get to pick that segment for that show. And then we're going to discuss it. And then last but not least, you're going to be followed by Veterans Minimum on Twitter and on Instagram. The Supermax. The $40 tier. You get everything in Legends, Rookie Contract, Veterans Minimum, and Franchise Tag. You get Cameo-style shoutouts on social media. Thank you. Saying something that you'd like us to say. So think of this tier as Cameo, but... It's not Cameo because we don't have a Cameo account. So if you're in the Supermax, you get Cameo style shout outs once a month on the VM Instagram. And I'll be posting it on my Instagram as well and the Twitters and so on and so forth. You're going to get followed by me, right? I'll follow you. The rest of the VM crew will follow you guys. Monthly postcards saying thanks and most importantly, congrats, right? I ordered a shitload of postcards. Uh, Handwriting—you'll you'll you'll have proof of how trash my handwriting is, but you'll get that in the supermax tier. And all merchandise is going to be purchased at cost only, so you guys will be able to buy merch whether it's from the shop or it's from me directly. Guys, you're looking at like forty to sixty percent off, roughly. Um. So that's everything in the Supermax tier. And there's one more tier, but we'll wait for that one. This one is a crazy one. This one's going to be elite giveaways, folks. Um, You're talking about tickets, credits to sporting events, concerts, uh, regular events, uh, maybe a VM belt, a VM bundle, merch bundle valued at like $250 um WrestleMania tickets potentially so we're we're trying to set this up and get it more structured I want to get 12 12 prizes or 11 cuz we'll probably introduce this Hall of Fame tier starting in um February but yeah for the time being um if you guys decide to join the Patreon Please be interactive in it because a lot more stuff is going to be pushed out. And look, this is a service that you guys are going to be paying for. And for us to provide you those services, you guys are going to need to contribute. So on behalf of me, on behalf of Veterans Minimum, thank you all so much. The Patreon is patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And enough about me trying to get money out of the fans to one day get a studio. Let's get into some football, baby it's actually thursday night we just finished recording the thursday episode uh i just figured with alan like yo this is kind of something we could discuss um it's not really time sensitive just run through some of the regular season stuff you know um Obviously, we don't know the outcomes of the wildcard games, but this is just like looking at the regular season, and we got some stuff here we want to run through you guys. Um, Alan, overall thoughts on the 2019 regular season, though?
2: Started a little bit slow. Really picked up October, November. Maybe there was a one-dud week in December, and then I thought the season ended up really good, especially you look at some of those Seattle, San Fran games. So I'm pretty much satisfied with the regular season.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you, man. I do think that uh, this regular season... Uh, Such an man. NFC. Yeah, the NFC was dope because yeah. what do we have? Like three teams with more than 12 wins? Four teams, I think? Yeah, like it's crazy that the Saints have to play a game. Right. Bless you. Yeah. I do think that this should open up the idea of having the discussion for playoff seeding. Mm. Right? Because I don't think I think it's time to change it. The NFL is quick to adapt and make changes on the fly, right? And I think what we saw this year is that, you know, the winner of the NFC East shouldn't have hosted a playoff game. No, not at all. And I presented the idea, and I don't remember if I told you this or if you listened to me say this, but I think the best case scenario is if the reward you get for winning a division is you make the playoffs. Seeding shouldn't matter. I think the seeding should be the best six teams that's how you seed it by record and if you go 8 and 8 and win the NFC South you're going to be the sixth seed if everyone else has more wins than you but you're guaranteed a playoff spot yeah so it'll be like it should be
2: Eagles Saints this weekend
1: right this past weekend oh, should past have been weekend. Eagles Eagles and Saints mm-hmm. so because i i do, i don't think it's fair for a team like Seattle who was literally their last game of the regular season, they were competing for a bye week. Actually, no, it was like three the three season. seed. Sorry, the three seed. They would have been the three seed, but having a home game, which they deserve, because they are one of the four best teams in the NFC, to have to go on the road to Philadelphia. And again, we're recording this prior to the outcomes of the game. Seattle might have won. They might have lost. But regardless, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that that 11-win Saints team had to go into Seattle to play the Beastquake, Quake, mm-hmm. right? So... I just don't think it's right. I think this year, if I was the NFL and every year they have like the the Super Bowl meeting, right? That weekend, Goodell goes up and he talks to everyone like, yo, we're going to make some changes and shit. I do think that it's something that needs to be discussed. Yeah, those meetings every year, NFL officiating will improve. We're going to tighten up the rule book. uh,
2: Our reps are going to be well prepared to make sure this game is officiated properly. Yet, every season goes on. There are more and more controversial calls. There are more and more ridiculous penalties of clean hits. Defensive linemen are getting called roughing the passer by just simply hitting the quarterback properly. It's just all those meetings. I love to I love to sit in and just wonder like what actually transpires in these means and how is it productive in
1: any way. I like this regular season, but I think it's also a learning lesson. i uh, going to speak to myself on this one too. We need to pump the brakes on some of the buzz and hype on whether it's teams or players um, oh cleveland browns Well, not even cleveland but like Daniel, i know you were not on cleveland <laughs> yeah i wasn't on that that's why when people are like yo the brown everyone was on a I'm lot like, nah. most people
2: were on i know you weren't. all right congrats but a lot of people were on Cleveland.
1: right right like i to me cleveland wasn't a disappointment all right. because i was on them because I, I i think like stuff like that it's all subjective to how you felt about them would you agree yeah, it's fair. Like, if you had...
2: It's just hard. How can you not be excited by that roster? That's
1: okay. Right. No, excitement is one thing, but, like, expectations is another. Okay. Right? So, like, me, a disappointment for me this year would have been a team like the Atlanta Falcons, Hawkins, <laughs> who I had in the NFC title game. And them to be out of the playoffs by week eight, that's a disappointment. Yeah. But uh, So, I think it's it all depends on what your expectations for a certain totally. team were. Yeah. So, like, for me, not disappointed in the Bears. Not disappointed in the Browns, uh, two and zero on my win total bets. Mm-hmm. Those were my two. I went four and two on the year, but two and zero my best bets. Those two were my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Like I was so confident in both of them, not being as good as yeah. people thought they would. The
2: teams like the Falcons and Chargers, I was like, ah, how can you flop
1: like this? Yeah, Chargers one was super. Like Chargers one is disappointing for me yeah. because I was super high on them. So th- that's what I'm trying to say. What was what was something disappointing for you?
2: Man, I was really excited about the Browns. I I keep going back to them. It's just that roster, just how much talent they accumulated. And now it's just, okay, John Dorsey got fired. Freddie Kitchens, well-deserved, got fired. It's just, I can't believe they flopped by this because there was real momentum behind them. And it just seemed like things were starting to click. And that division, I, I didn't think Baltimore was going to be this good. I knew Pittsburgh was going to dip just because of the amount of playmakers they lost. It's just I thought that division was there for a taking to see them crash like that. It was pretty disappointing and, and the Chargers as well. I thought the Chargers should come off last year. I just think everything I thought they were moving in the right direction. I do like Anthony Lynn but I just think never really building an offensive line and Rivers just completely falling off the hill. I think that's kind of like what those are like the two teams for me. The Browns and Chargers where it Was disappointing. Besides that, if anything else was disappointing, I just I thought the fish chain was as worse as it could ever could be. Like, I thought the fishing was just brutal this year. Especially with the hitting or, you know, pass rushers getting called for rough in the passer when I really had no business me rough in the passer. You know, players just making clean tackles, yet they still get penalized. It's just things like that. Oh, oh my God. Never forget this. Keanu Neal tears his achilles. And he oh, my God.
1: Back. The flag. <laughs> yes, They threw bro. a 50-year penalty for a guy who was just showing frustration. Like, <sighs> fuck. The dude knew he. That's one of the worst moments of the league. Like dude and it affected the drive they scored a touchdown that drive and the colts won by like four points like that was a big moment yo i always say this as someone that has torn his acl when i stepped out of bounds in that rough touch football game and i got hit from behind i knew i fucked up my knee Mm -hmm. i didn't need the doctor to tell me the doctor just confirmed it but like yo no one knows their body better than you do yeah right so like if you're like yo bro i can't lift my shoulder like passes it's like all right you probably have some rotator cuff issues you know what i'm saying or you have a dislocated shoulder so no one knows their body more so keanu neal who has missed time in the past
2: oh he tore his acl and it first game against philly
1: right the dude just rehabbed comes back he's a this starter week three week three and he blows out his achilles he obviously knows that he's done again and who knows? Is it the same leg? Do you remember? Uh different. Different. Yeah. All right. So now he has two major injuries yeah. on both sides of his body. This guy doesn't know if he's gonna be able to play at that level again. Yeah. So yeah, he's devastated. And you throw a fucking flag against him. That's horrible.
2: So yeah, I just thought fishing couldn't have been worse this year. And, and we could talk about a bunch of clauses. So uh, I know pass interference is a uh, touchy subject. That's something I didn't even just mention. I was going more the route of personal fouls and roughing the passer. And you know, even some of the unsportsmanlike. I'll, I'll never forget Devontae Adams against San Fran. He, he did like a slight. He was like jawing at the other player. But then they called him for. Uh, taunting, right? Yeah. I was just like. The guy just made a little bit of a remark like. It's just, I don't know, the, the lack of consistency is very concerning for a league that supposedly, you know, clean things up. Because after the whole travesty in New Orleans, the FC Championship game, you know, you would think, okay, we're really going to clean up the game. But I think it's gotten worse when it
1: comes to officiating. Who, from a player perspective, surprised you in a good way? We're going to avoid talking about Lamar
2: Jackson because I feel like we talked about Lamar Jackson almost every week. Well, like
1: consensus is, is he our MVP pick? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I feel like we could just talk about that now. Like there's not much to add. I do want to say that I feel as if um, outside of Lamar Jackson and how great he's been this year and proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. I do think that um, Lamar Jackson is without a doubt the MVP and the way he handled himself, too, uh, nobody cares, Works work harder. Like, that's my shit now.
2: Yeah. Some of his interviews, like, after the Rams game and I forgot what was the other one. It was him and Mark Ingram. There's so many good moments of this Oh, game. yeah, dude. Yeah. They're, like,
1: the social media, like, moments yeah. of, of the year yeah. for the NFL. It's, like, you know, big trusts and all that shit that they do. For me, if you can't pick him for MVP, who are you picking?
2: I gotta give some love to Shaquille Barrett in Tampa. For
1: For MVP? Oh, I, th- I think it's our most improved. Or oh, something. no, no. Uh, I'm, to- I'm talking about like.
2: Uh, I thought we were talking about like player that really improved.
1: Oh, okay. You, can, you can Yeah, go well, we give
2: some love to Shaquille Barrett, the guy who was playing behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, now goes to Tampa Bay, breaks their single season sack record, which, you know, Tampa Bay guys like Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, these are big names. So I definitely want to give some love to him. But when it comes to MVP, of course, we're going to put Russell Wilson in there. Yep. Uh, I know he dipped a little bit, but I really was impressed first three months that Dak Prescott, I look forward to him having a legitimate coaching staff next year to work with. Uh, Mahomes showed flashes, but I thought Mahomes maybe injuries, played them. Obviously, he missed a couple games, but even when he came back, like the New England game, he did place play so well, I thought, I don't know, if he had an issue with his hand. Uh, other than that, I feel like just Jackson, Wilson, pretty much end guys. I know we talked a little bit about Rodgers, but Rodgers, you want to talk about
1: has drastically declined. He's looked very bad in December. Can I give you one? And it's kind of grown on me the last couple of weeks. Okay, Michael Thomas.
2: Okay, I thought you were going to either go him or Kittle.
1: Man, Kittle, Kittle, I think is well. This is this is a terrible. If you want to talk valuable? Right, right, right. That Monday
2: Night game, even playing.
1: Right, and Jimmy right.
2: Garoppolo couldn't have looked more lost.
1: Right. So here's the thing. This is going to sound super hypocritical of me by saying that George Kittle, I think, is the most important non-quarterback to his team and then i'm going to say michael thomas is the mvp. Yeah, that's why that I was like either of those two. But like dude, he breaks the single season catch record um in dominating fashion. Like this dude pretty much 100 yards and 10 catches. Like it, when i look back at the season, i'm thinking 100 yards uh and and 10 catches.
2: Pretty much can't cover him and even when you can't cover guard him, Mike, baby. Yeah. And even if you do cover him, like he's one of the i think top 5 in like highest contested catch rate. The guy knows I use his big frame and his hands are phenomenal. So he's just a complete package. You know, beat someone that covers the Falcons, obviously, I have a lot of Falcons fans that follow me. They love just taking shots at Michael Thomas. Like some people go, oh, he's just a glorified Marcus Colston. I'm like, that might be one of the worst takes a I think take. uh, yeah, Like, yeah. salute to Marcus Colston. But Marcus Colston is a big contested catch receiver guy. Like, he wasn't. Create separation like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, he could get deep. It's just when you are on a team with Ted Ginn and Traevon Smith, these are legitimate deep threats. So people complain all the time. All he does is work in the short intermediate areas. Well, that's where they kind of need him because you have your deep threats in Smith and Ginn. So I just think Michael Thomas complete package. He's right up there with Julio and DeAndre Hopkins. It's gonna be fascinating because you know later in the month we're gonna do our All Pro teams. You know who's gonna get those. Uh, we'll figure out like what the setup is. But I think those. Three receivers right there.
1: Those are the cream of the crop. You know, look at Julio, Michael Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that seems about right, man. And what that dude was able to do, and also no drop-off when Teddy Bridgewater came in. Oh, not at all. Nothing. Like, nothing changed. Um, Also got to show love to McCaffrey. I think he had a really magical season, but the Panthers just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. You know, when they got eliminated from playoff contention, they were, like, hell-bent on getting him records. Yeah, that team just completely... I don't want to say they quit, but, man... Some oh, games. they... No, they, yeah, they quit, I guess. <laughs> they quit
2: when Ron, Ron Rivera got fired. They quit. Because oh, the first game they played against the Falcons, the Falcons put 40 on them. I'm like, wow, you're laying the Falcons put 40 on you?
1: Yeah, they, they quit. They're, look, so one of two things happens, guys, when a guy gets fired. Um, the team either rallies to be like, all right, that guy's out of here, or it's like damn son cuz they got blown up by even, Indy yeah we don't even so want to play this shit no yeah. more and that's what happened with Carolina okay. which i think is is good news for Ron Rivera and his makeup in the league just in general and i know he just you know he's the coach of the the Redskins now but i'm just saying from the the point of view of how people perceive you i think there's no better accolade than having your team vouch for you like that so i think that was big who's um Who's your uh, – let's go Defensive Rookie of the Year. Is it a shoe in Nick Bosa? It's Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa only. Yeah, I'm with you
2: yeah. on that. We've sung his praises all season.
1: What about – I mean, shit, he was in the discussion for Defensive Player of the Year. Is he your Defensive Player no, of the Year? No, he plays a little bit different in recent weeks. Right.
2: I think he's been played by injuries, but I think in San Fran, that defense has been a bit decimated in recent weeks.
1: What? Um. Yeah, so we could skip over Defensive rookie of the year i do think offensive rookie of the year is an interesting discussion
2: now it is i was pretty i <laughs> went gardner Minshew that completely flopped then i was like all right josh jacobs but yo what about
1: him cutting a promo did you see that video i did not what was this so gardner Minshew after his last game they asked him about hey how does it feel you know you were a fifth round pick sixth round pick and you know you you performed better than Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones and he's like and he's like better stats he's like yeah better stats uh
2: that's a take if you think he did better than Kyler I would say Kyler Murray had a more
1: impressive year that's my rookie of the year okay Kyler Murray because number one he looks the part number two a team is not very good no they definitely overachieved I think Cliff Kingsbury is a damn good coach yeah yeah that pairing is going to be interesting that that pairing is going to they just need more talent. Yeah, they're going to cause a lot of headaches for that division. Dude, that division's crazy good. That division is really good. And you're looking at the Rams, so you want to talk about disappointment. Dude, disappointment, awful management of draft capital and... it's uh, a great way of putting it. Uh, salary cap, just a lot of awful decisions paying golf before you should have right golf yeah. wasn't due yet they kind of what they tried to do was beat the market or yes yeah. they tried to say you know what look if golf duplicates what he did last year then this guy might command 40 million dollars yeah. so let's pay him now mm-hmm. right and that's kind of backfired because that guy looks shot now yeah. could it be yeah. that new england just took their soul in that super bowl yeah, it could be because, like, girly towards the tail end of the season, I thought it was going to cost me in fantasy trading him for Odell Beckham because he started getting 25 touches a game, he and he looked like his old self.
2: Because yeah, I think McVay lost a little confidence in golf.
1: Yeah, and also I think, you know, eventually Cooper Cups slowed down a little bit.
2: Because you remember that Sunday night game with the Bears? That was one of the worst games, I think, of the year, at least primetime-wise, and they just— took the ball out of golf's hands as much as possible. They're treating golf like Chicago treats Trubisky in a way. Yeah. And that's not uh yeah. that's not a good thing to say. But going back to offensive rookie year, I might be just fully on board with the hype train, but I'm going AJ Brown.
1: Damn. So you think though he was kind of di- like he disappeared the first half of the year, really? Uh he got going against you guys. I was about to say he did. He did, <laughs> yeah. he, he did Yo, quite well. The, just like every playmaker. Did. I was I was furious that week because like he was like 06 percent owned in the millie maker. He had two touchdowns in like the first quarter or like first half. He took a
2: fifty-one yard slant.
1: And I remember texting my buddy Danny, who I do DFS with. I'm like, dude, you know, what? like, is it even worth it to fucking do all this research? Mm-hmm. And then you have A.J. Brown just scoring two touchdowns in the first quarter. Like, yeah. it's just it was just so frustrating. But then, you know, like, these guys a baller now.
2: Yeah, I think he ended the season with touchdown four consecutive games. A
1: lot of these touchdowns were like 40, 50 yards. Like yeah, he game records, man. Yeah. And what about, like, getting end-arounds? Mm-hmm. You know, like, this wasn't a guy who was... Just a one-trick pony. Like, Mm -hmm. this guy's a—he's a a bowler, man. I
2: think he's the most complete receiver in a draft class that's obviously stacked. You have guys like Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, uh, Terry McLaurin. I think Terry McLaurin was on a better team. He would get some more consideration. Like, could you imagine him in, like, New Orleans or even Seattle or San Fran? I think McLaurin's a stud. But, yeah, I'm going to write A.J. but I think he's a big reason why Tennessee made the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with him. I feel bad for Josh Jacobs, though, because I do think he was really impressive. Mm Mm-hmm
1: yeah josh jacobs he was he was kind of a shoe in and then he kind of like got injured which didn't help he got injured and then he kind of wasn't playing and i think aj brown if you're of a believer where like rewards someone for being on a really good team my like, thing a, is
2: i think he really elevated that team i don't think it's right. just him like he really those big plays is like 40 50 yards even that that saints game he took an end around like, that was crazy. A guy his size taking end of the round forty yards. Like, I really think one of the biggest reasons why Tennessee made a playoff is just AJ Brown. elevating. they need that game breaking playmaker because you know, Corey Davis is a decent option, but he's not someone that could really be replied, relied upon as a number one target. So yeah, I think between Tanil and coming in and then, you know, A. J. Brown's emergence and then obviously Derrick Henry doing what he did. It's the biggest reason why, because Tennessee's defense was never an issue. They are a solid unit. They got the job done. They're not gonna, they're not gonna overwhelm opposing teams, but they're not gonna lose games. It was on the offense, and that's why
1: I think what AJ Brown did was so special. This one is gonna get interesting. Defensive Player of the Year. I'm still going Gilmore. Okay, I, know, I was too. I thought I know Devontae would... Parker took a soul, but yeah, that's one yeah, game. Yeah. Nah, man. You know what's crazy, dude? Remember like week eight, nine? I was saying like. He's not gonna win it, but he should be in the discussion. He's getting big consideration still. And then, man, he kind of just like the 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 cowboy game. The momentum started to pick up, and then he had another game where he shut down someone really, really good.
2: Then he, he started racking up the stats against the Bengals, right? right. Yeah. Then he
1: started getting the pick sixes and getting some interceptions. Um, I think he's I think he's top ten in interceptions. I want to say he's tied for the league lead. If uh, I'm pulling up NFL.com, but I think is him he and Tr- really him? I think those last couple of weeks really elevated him and put him in the discussion. One, yeah, dude, six. He had six interceptions. Uh, can you guess the other two? Another two players had six interceptions this year. I'm, I i can not even tell you. All right, how about this? Who's the second best corner in your opinion in football? Either
2: Davis White or that's, that's one of them. or Jair Alexander or Jalen Ramsey. Okay, so um,
1: Tredavious White also had six interceptions. Yeah. Uh, the third guy... The, some of those
2: Duck Hodges, Duck Hodges helped them with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
1: the, the third guy, I'll be completely honest with you guys. No idea who he is? No idea who he is. Who? No, I know who he is. Oh, Never would have guessed him. Okay.
2: Anthony Harris from the Vikings. Okay, he had two picks... Opening weekend against Atlanta, so Matt Ryan threw some errand passes in direction. But I've seen Anthony Harris makes uh He picked off Rogers the Monday Night game. Yep. So he's capitalized on a couple of bad decisions by some stellar quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's
1: actually a decent player. So good friend. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So Stephon Gilmore, I, I thought there'd be a little bit more of a dispute, but I'm sure. Well, T J. Watt's your guy. T J. Watt, baby. I yo, I tweeted this like week three. They, whenever they played the Chargers, I think it was the Chargers. It was, it was a prime time game. It was a prime time game, yeah. and you were like, "Delete this." And I was like, "Bro, he's better than JJ Watt." I'll oh, eat yeah, my words. He's a stud.
2: He's made so many plays this year, and it's not just the sacks and the pressure. Like he'll even force some fumbles. I think it was against. Maybe the Ravens that like he just
1: punch in pass coverage too for a guy. Oh of his yeah, size, pick like, Tyler Murray. Not even the pick. Like yeah. something you know, you get lucky sometimes. Yeah. But but he can move in space. Move. Yeah, Because
2: yeah, you see baller. some players like Clowney, they'll punt coverage. Like oh, what's going on? Yeah, here? yeah. But yeah. T.J. Watt, this guy is just a freak athlete. So yeah. no, he's definitely great. I think he deserves consideration. You know, PFF loves Eric Kendrick I do think Eric. You know, it's hard for a linebacker when I do think Eric Kendricks had a really good year. Dude, we haven't mentioned Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's still the most dominant defensive player in the league, and that's not really much of a debate. It's just, I think, whether it's the Rams not being as good defensively or just Donald maybe, by his stance, didn't play. like He wasn't as dominant, but still, like no one could block that man. He's just ferocious. So, yeah, I think Donald, he won't win it, but he definitely deserves consideration. I think that just the fact that they got humbled so badly by the Ravens on Monday night, it just looked, Whenever Primetime matters, but also just perception. And it doesn't matter how good you are, but if you're on a team that kind of falters, it's going to hurt your stock, unless you're just someone that surpasses it. like Every week you're just doing something crazy. And you know, Aaron Donald probably does that, but it's just not enough where, especially for an
1: interior tackle, that's kind of a hard position. I want to set up this little uh, game slash uh, talking point as we wind down this show. We have a couple of teams that have either hired a head coach or it's a head coach position that's available now how i want to preface this conversation alan is i kind of want to rank the the position as far as like what's the best job like we'll factor in personnel we'll factor in uh ownership if you'd like we'll factor in just the situation that you're in. Are you inheriting a team with a shitload of holes and no franchise quarterback? Are you inheriting a team with a franchise quarterback? Are you the missing piece to it? So what are the teams that we have listed? We have the Browns, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, Panthers. Hmm. On, a, on a pure talent perspective, which one do you think is the best job? Dallas without hesitation. Despite the fact that Amari Cooper might not be there next year. Michael Gap looks like every bit of a number one wide receiver. That's very fair. Yeah. I can't dispute that. I would have to say I would have to say them too. Mm. I do worry about Van Der Esch and his neck
2: issues. I think Van Der Esch is when healthy, one of the best linebackers in the game. So the fact that he's really hasn't played much this year and you see Jalen Smith's drop off a of play think that's one like long term concern I look at, but I still think Dallas like their roster, the
1: fact that they're not playing in the playoffs is just absurd. Yeah, it's um, man, I just think that the Cowboys' their issue is head coaching and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would have to agree with you. What about Cleveland though? Do you think Cleveland is? Would you put Cleveland second? Yeah, I put Cleveland second. Hmm
2: that roster still looks... Especially when we look at just the weapons they have and just... Even you know, defensively.
1: As a whole, the Giants don't have better offensive weapons than them?
2: No. Because I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that's like one of the better... Although Kareem Hunt actually might not be there. So now that John Dorsey's gone, mm. they might just cut bait. But look, if Odell's healthy and if he's there, Odell's still someone that surpasses everything for me. He's just that good of a talent.
1: And... Yo, serious question. Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones? I still lean Baker, but I don't say with much confidence.
2: The issue with Baker, like I hear they want because if Mike McCarthy is their head coach, Mike McCarthy's known for like his quarterback camps and his workout mechanics. Baker just doesn't seem like a guy that he just seems so arrogant. That's his problem. Mm-hmm. So that's like my
1: concern. Man. Ah. I think. As a whole, the Giants have better weapons. But
2: can those weapons stay healthy?
1: Right. Yeah. Right. But I I'm talking about like the, the on paper test. Mm-hmm. I do think the combination of Shepard, Tate, Ingram, and even Slayton. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a really good, you know, yeah. core base. And and I know it's not saying much, but I think the offensive line is better in New York.
2: That's not saying much. It's not saying much <laughs> at all. Yeah, you're right.
1: And then the running back, uh, Nick Chubb has closed the gap, man. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb—the like only bright spot <laughs> was the sole reason that I didn't want the Giants to take Barkley at number two, because I'm like, yo, you could get a Nick Chubb in the second round, and like, I'd be happy with him. Mm-hmm. I even mentioned Sony Michelle at the time. Yeah, right. but Georgia running back, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been some good ones in the league, bro. Remember NoShawn Moreno? Oh man, that Jeff. <laughs> NoShawn Moreno, <laughs> Todd Gurley. Michelle, yeah. Chubb, um, but yeah, I think um, I agree with you, Dallas. I'd probably go Cleveland, too, but the thing with Cleveland, man, is there's so many characters there, like so many like personalities. and
2: Well, they might clean house a little bit. Now Dorsey's gone. That's going to be the interesting thing. It's like, what are going to do? Because John Dorsey just doesn't really care about character. He's the guy who drafted Marcus Pierce. He's made some you know, decisions where it's like, okay, we're going to – all the all feel concerns we're not gonna worry about it. i care about talent
1: where would you put washington in this discussion they, they've they signed ron rivera who i love that hire for them mm-hmm. did you see dan snyder come on and say first off happy thanksgiving just <laughs> bad organization shout it's out to didn't... my guy josh brand skins up httr baby oh, God. uh i don't think dwayne haskins is any good um, I want to see more but he doesn't really jump off the table as anything special. Yo, so I hate to get sidetracked a little bit, but at the time of recording on Monday when the episode is going to drop, how do you feel about Tua? Are you a Tua guy from Alabama? Cuz he's going to have the he's going to have he's going to make his decision, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why I'm bringing it up is cuz this is a good year to be bad if you need a quarterback and also In the event that he does go back to college, and I think it would be a tremendous mistake. Because right now, you could be a first-round pick. People would take the risk not knowing. But, like, you go back to Alabama, and then the reports come out like, yo, this guy can't throw. This guy can't do this. Like, you haven't gotten paid yet. Where, like, I think a team, like, man, this is going to sound really, really fucking crazy. But if I was, like, a Miami, I would go into next year with, like, a Fitzpatrick again maybe run it back, but draft Tua, you draft Tua. Or maybe the Chargers. Or like, yeah, a team like that and you kind of go into next season, you have this guy under your organization and then you maybe just let the doctors work their magic and hopefully he could get healthy and then Tua would have gotten paid. Mm -hmm. And then next year's draft class is the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, right? He's playing for the national championship this, this coming weekend. Uh, it's So going back to Dwayne Haskins, I feel like, yo, Dwayne Haskins is going to have next year. Obviously, you're not going to just completely give up on the guy. But how do you feel about the Redskins job, man, and what they got going on? I think it's the worst position. Uh, I was a little
2: surprised Rivera just went into it. I think the reason why Rivera took it, maybe more information will come out as the season goes on. I think they're just giving like full roster control. Just full control of everything. They just want someone that brings credibility. And Ron Ver will bring credibility to an organization that desperately needs it. And uh, getting someone like Jack Del Rio, I think that will help, you know, coming from the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's a really good move by the Redskins. It's just that roster, particularly offensively, is just a disaster. Like, there is not much to get excited about there. You know, Geist can't stay healthy. I love McLaurin, but, you know, maybe Steven Sims has made some decent plays. But, you know, uh, maybe they get Trent Williams back on their side. Trent Williams has been disgruntled all year, although I think that's kind of a bridge that's been... What's the term I'm looking for here? <laughs> uh,
1: it, it's a burnt bridge. Yeah, burnt bridge. over there. I just yeah. think
2: they've just made so many moves that are unforgivable. But you know, I, I am excited. The fact that they might get Chase Young's crazy. The guy uh, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, that's our front four that I don't think many offensive lines want to see. So, but it's just offensively, the Redskins are as bad as it gets. There's not much to get excited about there. So I think it's going to be a two, three year process for Rob Rivera.
1: Yeah. I, I can't believe, I really wanted him. I think he's a, he's a perfect guy to change the culture. He's a guy who
2: they had to not just give him money, but they had to give him it's like complete or all free camera for a few, fuse. like he, they just had to give him like complete control of everything. Like, all right, do whatever you want. Cause in Carolina, they kind of never really gave him that full control whether it was Mario herney or you know your guy David Gettleman uh, it's just yeah that, my know. guy David Gettleman yeah, man I don't know if you notice, know but uh, if you go on LinkedIn tomorrow he's gonna have a job posting he says computer guy and uh, if you know software, you know he's interested in you because apparently David Gettleman just found out about software
1: what a f- oh my God dude, like he came out and said, I was listening to this report, and I guess we could touch on the giants here because we have to the only yeah yeah the the only. The only reason why the Giants is an appealing job is because if you believe in Daniel Jones, you're like, I have him under contract for three years more where I don't got to pay him. And Saquon can't hold down until the beginning of next season. So like- I love you're keeping track of that already. So oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that stuff is super important. Yeah. Um, They have $80 million in cap space, which I think is very appealing. But I'm also worried where- You see this a lot in the NBA- where a dude is going to get fired like Stan Van Gundy, right? Stan Van Gundy was going to get fired by the Pistons. So what did he do? Back against the wall, let's trade for Blake Griffin, get the city excited for like the 25 games he'll be healthy. And then what? Detroit now has that contract. Ain't nobody trading for Blake Griffin. What happened to Van Gundy? Bye-bye. Good luck on your future endeavors. I liked him as a coach in Miami. That's fine, (laughs) but... It happens all the time, and like I'm worried that Gettleman is just gonna do some dumb, dumb decisions, which he's done dumb decisions. Yeah, like how much is he gonna pay Leonard Williams? Oh my god, dude, he like he shouldn't make more than ten million dollars. I'm sorry, I don't think he's a guy that's good. I don't think he's a guy that. Not the warns. Fritz Baker. He's not. He's he, he's just a run stuffer. He's just a run stuffer. Yeah. Like, dude, I need if I'm gonna give you like you gotta get some sacks, you gotta get some pressures. Yeah, that's the league. And you didn't show me anything. Yeah. And I think ultimately they're gonna pay him and I'm gonna be furious because they gave up so much for him. Yeah, a did. third and a fifth round pick. But it's just I think Gelman's saw data. That's the problem. Yeah. And it's just in this league where
2: you see these organizations evolving. Like look what Harbaugh has done in Baltimore, look at Kyle Shannon in San Francisco. You know, the list goes on. Even though Green Bay's looked kind of flat these past few weeks, I think what they're doing Matt LaFleur and I'm blanking on their GM, but you saw what their GM did with them. You want to talk about winning the offseason Green Bay won the offseason. Like they splurged offensively and they reaped the benefits of it. So it's just I don't know how you could trust a guy like Dave Galman coming on these press conferences. Just I don't know. It does not inspire much confidence. I do think the Giants have a good young core offensively, but there's just a lot of work to defensively. Like they just need speed, they need pass rushers, they need stability at quarter, just anything you could imagine, they need it. So uh I think if you want to rank them, well, Before that, I think we should touch on the Panthers. They've been kind of. Yeah, I was going to bring up the Panthers,
1: too. Uh, I like some of their stuff offensively. Um, Obviously, McCaffrey. I like the two wide receivers. I think those two wide receivers. Love DJ Moore, man. Love DJ Moore. Love Curtis Samuel. I think it's two guys that, man, could we get them a quarterback that they could play with for more than eight games?
2: Yeah, and they could be. There are receivers that you can use in a variety of different ways. Oh, yeah. Very versatile. Jet sweeps or end arounds. Like, they are very. Fun, great player Samuel in particular, like he's someone that's very exciting. DJ Moore is just a stud in general.
1: Can I give you a yeah. guy? Can you envision a guy like AJ Green on this team, like that big wow, body, a veteran, a, a veteran presence, a guy that can maybe like show these guys some of like the? Because yeah. yo, it, it's it shouldn't be taken for granted what Emmanuel Sanders has done for the Niners, like that veteran presence. Who is, who is the? Uh... Who's the oldest guy in that locker room at wide receiver for them? Kenyan Bourne? Bourne? Yeah, or like Goodwin, who's not your receiver anymore. Right. He's like a track star. And yeah. he, shit, I think he's been at, inactive for like half the they, season. They had him them. gunning on special teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that could be something that could definitely elevate this team. Yeah. But for me, if I had to rank these um, with all things considered, Cowboys one, Number two, man, it's a toss-up between the Giants and the Browns for me because the Giants got all that cap space. I think you could go out there and be like, yo, let's get a left guard. Actually, no, Hernandez plays left guard. Let's go get a right go, tackle. Yeah. Or, oh, you need a left tackle. Yeah. Oh, man, soldier. Yeah. yeah, let's go get a left tackle. Let's go get some corners. Let's get some linebackers. And Edge rusher. We don't need – if I was them, I wouldn't touch the offense at all, besides offensive line. Yeah, what else do you need? I, I would find a left tackle and maybe a right tackle, and then from there just go and spend all the entire draft do what Green Bay did. Do what Green Bay did this last yeah. offseason. Get two talented pass rushers. Get a strong safety in Amos. Get Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just go and splurge the offseason mm-hmm. on your defense and in the draft. Yeah. So I'll go I'll go, Dallas, Giants, Browns, Panthers, Redskins. Okay, I'm going
2: Cowboys, Browns, Panthers, Giants, Redskins because I'm taking consideration Gettleman. I just would not want to work with
1: him. Hey, that's yeah. completely fair, man. Yeah. That's completely but fair.
2: I think Carolina – they're they have to kind of move on from certain old like some of their core players that are getting older now. Guys like Greg Olson, uh, maybe even someone like a Mario Addison, and just they have some players on our roster that just kind of been there for a long time and they're just not exactly productive anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how they move on from certain veterans. But they're still like, if you want to look at some like the core talent they have, it's sort of stars like McCaffrey, Keekly, their receivers. There's still a lot of talent currently. Carolina. They just have to figure out their identity. They got to just what they're going to do with Cam Newton. That's going to be the big talking point. So, But I still think there's a lot of talent on the roster. It's just in the NFC, if you're somewhat flawed, you're not going more than six or seven games. I think they're kind of coming to terms with that, kind of like with Atlanta as well. Just You have to be loaded to compete in the NFC. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. All
1: right, let us know, guys, at Veterans Minimum. Let us know what you guys think um the best situation now look if some guys have been hired prior to us um knowing just factor that in factor in just the entire scenarios that we laid out Mm -hmm. uh at the lamb shows where you can find me twitter instagram Mm -hmm. twitch facebook um everywhere Mm -hmm. everywhere at veterans minimum same thing linkedin facebook youtube instagram twitter all that shit alan where can they find you one quick question who like who's your dream
2: coach for the Giants if you had one? Like who would be your ideal choice? You get to take off now. By
1: default, I'm gonna go McCarthy. Okay.
2: Man, McCarthy and Gettleman together. That I know, <laughs> I, know I know, I know. It's a lost. I would, I would if- like.
1: I would like the package of like Josh McDaniels and that go- that dude from New England. That's Ooh. like the hot. Yeah, uh GM prospect, like yeah, was yeah, like Houston, yeah. right? Let me get both of them. I okay. would love that package. Yeah. I don't think it's like you
2: don't want, want Matt Real.
1: You know what, man? I don't know much about him. Okay, he's getting a lot. Of I know, I know, because he's also turned that Baylor program around because they got hit with some sanctions and they had that whole like rape scandal, That's right? And um, that that former head coach got fired and whatnot. So yeah, and he's turned them around, but I don't know, man. I'm always a little skeptical of the college guy coming up. You know, like, man, even Chip Kelly was this like revolutionary guy, and it worked for what two and a half years and pretty he's, much he's out crashed, the league. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's sustainable. It's, okay. all right. But but then again, we we sang Cliff Kingsbury's praises mm-hmm. before. So, short sample size, but it isn't <laughs> right, right. But he looks the part, and it, it 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 seems as if they just need talent. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Where wow. can they where can they find you? Al underscore sterk, that's a double e-n underscore s t r k. Thank you guys for listening, we'll catch you guys on Thursday.